Start over. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. That was only like seven minutes, so. Fucking all right, hell. all right, all right. This is Mother Podcast number 23. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you hear, please remember to share this with your friends, and please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud or on our YouTube channel if you'd like to watch the video version of this. If you're a big fan of what we do, please support on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash desmadre. For those of you who do donate on Patreon, we really appreciate it. I think we just got this month's deposit in our bank account, and we are paying for our internet with that. So thank you all. Thank you very much. Um, Desmadre podcast number 23. I just got back a couple of hour go- hours, blah, blah, blah. couple of hours ago <laughs> from Boston the so fuck I'm, were you doing there <laughs> we're we're, we're re, this is take two actually yeah, so if this I sounds to press record if this sounds garage, false man. to you for the first five minutes is because we already said all of this and yeah. Sammy didn't press record um but i got back Son from boston my flight left at eight which was 5 a.m cali time and i don't know why i couldn't sleep last night i woke up like every two hours and i woke up at five boston time i just got out of bed and went and worked out so technically i've been up since when would that be? Two. Yeah. Two a.m. Two a.m. Twelve s- hours later. So I Monday, slept. Yeah. Two p.m. <laughs> I slept on the plane, but it's so fucking uncomfortable for those five hours. It's a six-hour flight. Shit. It is a six-hour flight. Brutal, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was just like, uh, yep. oh, God damn. Can you sleep on? Yeah, you can sleep anywhere. Yeah. Normally I'm okay, but I was in that center. Yeah. Where there's four seats. Yeah. And I was in one of the middle ones. And there was kind of a big dude next to me. He wasn't huge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was big. There's, I didn't say anything else. He was God a big damn. guy. Um, and he was cool, though. He was he he was not, like, a jerk about it. or I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can be a jerk about being big. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, my row was the nerd row. We all had books. Nice. Everybody was literally reading the whole time if we weren't sleeping. Huh. So we had a very well-educated row. Shout out to row 29. There we go. Fuck yeah. Um, Boston SFO. Boston SFO flight United <laughs> two seven something. Um, <coughs> but I had a uh, a crab roll last night for the first time. Normally I can't get them because the bread, but they had gluten free uh, rolls at this place, and uh, it was not very good. I was not impressed. Um, and I met up with your homeboy Nick. That's right, Nick Ovea, uh soon to be MD. Um, that's the world's kinda, a crazy place. No, the I'm world sure. is a crazy <laughs> place. Now, when your friends start getting like responsible jobs, it's kind of disturbing, actually. Yeah. Like I have friends who became like vice principals at like you know, and I was like, <laughs> I would never send my kids <laughs> to that person. <laughs> like this person's a piece of yeah. whatever, you know. And when that starts happening, you're like, wow, like that's this is why the world is messed up because <laughs> you realize people who are completely adept as kids are now yeah not that the, <laughs> nick is my friend nick shout out to my friend nick he's at a he's completely inept let's yeah. just say it no <laughs> yeah in some regards yeah he's sort of a, a savant in some ways yeah because he's at a, a harvard med and yeah someone that i grew up with and um yeah this yeah is that is, we are getting at the at the at the age where you know uh, people are finishing up grad school and they're gonna go into their profession. Um, so yeah, my friend Nick. Uh, yeah, he's one of my longest running friends. I've known him since like middle school. Yeah, like seventh. We were like eleven years old. So over uh, yeah, like fifteen years and counting. So, but anyways, yeah, you met up with him. Met up with him. Talked. 
STEM. We actually talked a lot about STEM stuff because he was asking about MS Squared. Yeah. You were at MS Squared reunion. I was. <laughs> and yeah, it's in Andover, Massachusetts. Andover, which is about an hour outside of Boston. Uh, MS Squared is math and science for minority students. It mm-hmm. is a summer program for African-Americans, Latinos, and Native Americans. And, and uh, basically when you're in high school, um, they take in um, kids from that uh, th- those ethnicities, 40 students every summer, and you go for three summers for five weeks every summer, take a math, a science class, an English writing class, and then the third year you take a college counseling, like how to apply to college uh, course. So I did this program man like 20 something years ago i graduated from the program in 1995 Damn. which is fucking nuts and sammy did it too when did you 2007 i think 2007 yeah. that's when oh I yeah yeah i forgot to mention earlier like <laughs> what i saw there because we had a reunion this year so they were like they invited everyone from all classes back and um just to kind of rally around the program and stuff and I met someone who was class of 2008. And I was like, hey, did you know this guy, Sammy Thompson? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, who? And I was like, Sammy. And then she was like, wait, was he that guy that was like always wearing a beanie and he was kind of emo? <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up. I was like, yeah, probably. That's Were you hilarious. emo back then, dude? Not really. I mean, I guess I did kind of look like one, but uh, no, I wasn't. Like, you didn't have like a Bieber? I did. That's why. That's and, why. And then, and then uh, I more or less had the same haircut for the last like fucking like 15 years, but this program is held at Phillips Academy, which is, you know, like an elite boarding uh, school in Andover in New England. Um, the likes of George W. Bush have graced it. Uh, the Kennedys. So it's like a really elite. I don't know if the Kennedys went really? there. Really? I think it might have been um, the other one. The What's the other one? Exeter that's out there? Yeah, yeah. They may have gone to Exeter. Yeah. So those are the rivals. Yeah. Phillips Exeter and Phillips Andover. And yeah, it's kind of, so, and then they hold... The, the school holds a summer session for anybody to s- yeah. to sign up for. And the crazy thing about that program is that the MS squared is just one program of that. That's part of the summer session at Phillips Academy, which, you know, uh, caters to really minority. rich kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. 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 The, that one, the, the one summer session is like normally just really rich kids Yeah, from all over the world. Yeah. And then, so the MS squared thing is, you know, a bunch of just, you know, black and brown kids from, you know, cities, the inner cities, or not inner city, but like from the United, the United States. And, um, yeah, you know, I definitely, um, think I, uh, did not necessarily take advantage of like the academic part of it as much as I should have, but, um, going there at a young age, I think definitely did have like a really uh, positive impact uh, culturally too, just uh, meeting other people. You know, you, I've ne- I'd never met a Native American person, and I basically befriended like a group of like three Native American kids that uh, I've kind of fallen out of touch with now. But you know, we were you know we'd always hang out and stuff. And then, you know, because that program is um, does host not not MS squared, but the summer session at this thing hosts people from all over the world. You know, we you know living with some kid from you know Saudi Arabia and Japan and France. And we're all the same age and, you know, you kind of get to know those people. So, and two of the people there I kept in touch with pretty well. And, um, you know, well, you went to college with one of them. Yeah. I went to college with one of them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's fucking programs like that are, are, are really cool and, uh, necessary for, yeah, they really do try to find like, uh, low income yeah. Um, kids who normally w- would never be able to go to this place because right now I think it's like 
close to seven thousand dollars if you pay for the summer session shit for five weeks you know so it's a really expensive school and they pay for everything they pay for transportation yeah uh the summer your books all your you know basically food everything's covered yeah and more than anything like i think people walk out of there with like a lot of confidence like if you know you never thought you could go to one of these great schools or yeah. an ivy league coming out of there you're like i can do this yeah and you're prepared for it so um i'm on the advisory council now which i i help out with some of the fundraising stuff and kind of marketing and whatever the director and and they they need help with uh basically there's a group of people who are on a council it's kind of like a board and we just give input and we give, you know, whatever we can in terms of our time and whatever, a little bit of money. There's some people who give a lot of money. I don't give a lot of money because I have a lot of money to give, but mm-hmm. I give time. And um, it's it's really cool. It's really rewarding. It's fun going back. I go back twice a year now for these meetings. And, yeah, there were, like, over 70 uh, alumni who came back. Um, there are actually over, let's see, 40 times 40. Like, I think there's there's – like 1300 alumni yeah total yeah something like that um so we're really trying to get people involved again and and because if people can give back just a little bit that that many people like it wouldn't be an issue like them having to raise money and stuff right, so yeah um but anyway the program's been going for 40 years it's fucking nuts yeah and they were kind of ahead of the curve in terms of being like stem like focus for sure and recognizing that as a gap that needed to be filled yeah um because obviously all that stuff's really popular now and or people are recognized that that there's a need to get people involved in that stuff so (laughs) not not our president though not our president yeah (laughs) oh dude one of the guys like the former director who spoke uh he was one of the first directors this guy sykes elvon sykes who gave this really cool speech and man he was just like trashing trump nice but it was all very classy he never said a name he just like yeah. i was like that's a really good speech um but yeah you can check out more on ms squared if you want uh go to phillips academy dot edu and or just do search for ms2 yeah it'll come up phillips <laughs> ms2 <Mara Salvatrucha. laughs> <laughs> uh, multiple sclerosis uh, yeah. <clears throat> um other than that i was in china for five days that was a very quick trip. Just did a bunch of meetings, did some work, then flew back, stayed here at home for six hours, and then went to Massachusetts. Um, what'd you do on Fourth of July? I didn't. I was literally working. I was at a factory. Oh shit! Uh, not shit, actually. Um, what the fuck did I do? Uh, did you go to Santa Cruz or something? No, actually, yeah, we didn't do anything. Like my girlfriend and i literally just stayed in and then we went to watch a movie and that was it that was it yeah, pretty much. very patriotic yeah well i mean we went to a movie you know we're supporting spending the economy money. spending money spending money um speaking of america i'm looking at trending news <laughs> and i see that the rock has formed a political committee for a potential 2020 presidential run i'd vote for him for sure <laughs> i would definitely vote for the rock um, yeah, I guess he would be the the kind of counter to Trump in terms of celebrity. I don't know where his politics lie, though. doesn't matter. It's The <laughs> Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think he's actually kind of a, a Republican. He's really? slightly conservative. Oh, shit. Well, never mind then. I, I think. I don't know. He's kind of those one of those weird celebrities that's kind of hard to gauge because he kind of keeps things like very even yeah because he's like so broad appeal that he doesn't say anything yeah. that's very like 
That's actually kind of fucking annoying. Yeah, those they those, that's just sort of shit kind of annoys me too. Um, but I mean, all things considered, there could be a lot worse. We could have Black China or Rob Kardashian. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Rob Kardashian apparently broke the law, right? Yeah. But didn't she like one of the things he posted? Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I didn't keep up with him. I know kind of like on the surface what happened. It's just oh, that fucking family, man. I don't. I uh, saw this funny meme where it had a a, uh, a photo of uh, what's her name? No, the mom, Chris. Chris, and she was holding like a gun, and she s- said, uh, "Everybody, calm the fuck down while I figure out how to make some money off this." Holy shit! <laughs> Wait, she posted that? No, no, oh, no. Fuck. So it was just like a meme, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> that's true, though. I mean, that's kind of what they do, you know. I'd yeah. It just sucks to think of the those kids, you know. I mean, the the, the little kids. They're just being yeah exploited for for this shit. Um, I don't know what the long term plan for these people is. I mean, I guess people are just interested now, and they'll have some longevity. I mean, they don't really do anything other yeah. than be themselves. I mean, that's why the that OJ shit that came out like a couple of years ago, the the series and the documentary, kind of put things in more of more of a perspective i feel like for people to kind of digest because um you know like rob kardashian was you know part of the oj team of attorneys and his kids are now you know the kardashians so there it was almost like this attraction towards like like celebrity celebrity but rob wasn't that yeah, but I mean, his uh, uh, Chris was, and they, they were, you know, they, they more or less cemented themselves as like the Hollywood socialites of of America, you know, of of like socialites of the, you know, like twenty first century. And <sighs> it's yeah, it's this is like really gross, obviously, and. But but you watch it, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I watch, <laughs> I watch the shit out of that for sure. But it's like hate watching if that exists. Uh. But. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I I watch it too. Larissa watches it, and I if it's on, I I typically I'm doing something else in parallel. Yeah. On my laptop, but it's easy to get sucked in. Yeah. Um, but really, didn't everything kind of break when I thought when? What's her name? God, Kim with the sex tape. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were already kind of trying to make their way in, you know, like before that. Kim Kardashian, again, is just, you know, part of the Hollywood sort of periphery of, you know, the Paris Hiltons. And she I was going to say, why do you think, like, Kim and this family has worked, whereas the Hiltons have just fallen off I'm the radar? I'm not sure. Um, I guess Paris is a little older, maybe. And uh, one thing I think that they're credited for, too, is that they're just they just know how to market themselves and are kind of like unabashed to do it. Yeah. Or maybe they just have the... the sheer will of continuing to do it you know because you would think after a while of of you know kind of like fabricating these scandals almost in some ways like you'd get kind of tired of it so maybe paris just got like that the that wave of like the the early 2000s and the 2000s you know it more or less ran like a a decade long so maybe it's it is at the breaking point but i feel that the kardashians were able to like really really kind of like uh, harness it and really make a fucking crazy huge you know fucking machine out of it a phenomena a phenomenon of I think Larissa has argued with me that the reason it works and the reason she likes it is because they're actually a really loyal family like they kind of stick up for each other and yeah. they defend each other 
and at its core they're actually good people who and it's like a good like family and you know they go through their ups and downs and there's all this bullshit or whatever but like the the older sisters anyway which i guess is kim chloe and courtney seem to nice good seem, job. i got it right and then the young one is kylie and kendall kylie and kendall which are the bruce kids caitlin caitlin <laughs> my bad damn this is <laughs> problematic podcast <laughs> <laughs> um they seem kind of more they're kind of turning it more trashy the two younger ones because they're going like with their their fashion stuff and they seem more like fucking vacant they're not like they're they haven't been as they're just shitty millennials (laughs) well they have yeah like they haven't been as humanized like i feel like people have like well they were born into it you know those girls were on that fucking show when they were like like seven or like 10 right sure and now they're like but they it seems like people really identify and really like kim and courtney like because they've been through like shitty stuff yeah and they kind of emerge through it as a family yeah you know which is i think um fair and and um, commendable in its own right but i don't think people will sometimes differentiate like the kardashians like yeah yeah they are going through their own set of problems like everybody else does and but it's just so exaggerated on that show that I don't know if it's like a proper reflection on like humanity or people living in America right now and the problems that we all go through. It just seems like really exaggerated, uh, purposely exaggerated. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a reality show, so certainly yeah. like the way it's presented is dramatic. But I think if anything, like like going back to the argument of them being family, like they stick up for each other. They're yeah. always worried about Rob. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. Rob's like. Yeah, they're Ooh. always touting like these like Armenian family values, which, you know. It, it <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize they were Armenian. Yeah. That makes sense. That all makes sense. It all makes sense. Have you heard the new Jay-Z album? Uh, yeah, I think I, I listened to it once. Is it any good? I've never been a big Jay-Z fan myself. Um, so but it's not. It's not good. It's good. It's, you know, pleasant to listen to, <laughs> but it's not, you know, I'm not like, you know, it, it's Jay-Z is an interesting figure too, because he, he's kind of like the, the epitome of just like a successful rapper, which is pretty new in the, in the grand scheme of things. You know, he came from, you know, like the, the New York hip hop scene, which was the, you know, one of the, 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 the cities that that started hip hop and shit and so now he's you know like a fucking another fucking uh, crazy franchise he's like hip hop royalty at yeah, this point exactly. and he's one of like probably like five who transcended like just even being a a rapper into yeah. being like an impresario if you will kind of like yeah. mogul so uh, and you know i think generally hip hop has been part of like communities that are disenfranchised you know and and people who are rappers they they're like really hungry like any artist or a lot of artists and specifically like hip-hop comes from you know like the streets and and uh jay-z did that so like when you hear him rap it's like he's rapping about shit that like no one can relate to you know or that that uh you mean the street stuff or no the, uh, n- now the new one the new what is one. he rapping about now i, I mean, mean just about it i mean you can't relate to it but you know he's a fucking jay-z so you know he talks about his like his kid and how uh, he allegedly cheated on Beyonce and uh, all this shit. So I just he admits that on the yeah thing. yeah. But yeah. it's all you know. It's again. It's a 
kind of the the public versus private figure and um 610 million dollar net worth shit yeah. what is beyonce's net worth i bet it's is it more uh, probably not bianchi <laughs> well Forbes said that the superstar couple has a net worth of 1.16 billion. Nice. Jay Z accounting for most of it, 810 million. Damn. Beyonce's wealth is put at 350 million. Nice. Wow. Oh man, I'm I'm starting to fade. Shit. Yeah, we shouldn't have had that Mexican food before this. I hadn't had Mexican food in over a week, so that was necessary. Um, I was reading an interview with J Cole. <laughs> who, who uh, seems to be really cool and kind of like just mentally balanced, <laughs> yeah. if that's a way to put it. Yeah. Um, and he said he has supposedly decided not to get into kind of like talking about haters and like sh- like apparently he doesn't he he's not interested in shit talking other rappers because hmm. he's just like it's it's pointless yeah. and it's putting other African Americans down. And there's just like it's just kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Um, but it's funny how a lot of artists end up in that space where they start like they feel like they're embattled and like like a lot of their art becomes this kind of like yeah if the haters and all this sort yeah, of yeah. thing you know which kind of sucks because it's just not not even about life anymore it's about their life yeah it's yeah, not you yeah. know it starts being about the about the art as opposed to yeah. just reflecting life. It's like like a filmmaker who makes a film about film. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of starts getting annoying. Yep, yep. I, I don't know. I think that ends up becoming your life. Yeah. Which maybe makes it personal, and that's all you can kind of... Yeah, there's definitely a really kind of crazy meta aspect yeah. of pop culture. Yeah. Especially in the last, like, 50 years. It's gone worse, you know, from from the age of, like... Uh, people like Elvis, you know, in like the Beatles in yeah. the 60s and the 70s and so forth and yeah. so forth. So like, I think that's why uh, the Kardashians are kind of part of that too now. You know, it's like, it used to be like these artists or like these musicians. Now it's like, it's a parody of itself, the entertainment industry where people like the Kardashians can have, you know, fucking like multi-million dollar franchise or, or a company or, or brand that's only going to get bigger and bigger. I feel like in some way that the only parallel I can think of in the past is like the royal families, you know, like you were saying, like these are like the new yeah. dynasties or whatever, sure. because that stuff no longer exists. Like, yeah. yes, the royal family exists in England, but nobody really kind of cares about them. I, I don't know. I guess people still do. Um, it, it, yeah, I, there's always going to be like this kind of uh, lowbrow culture in some form or another you know whether it's like just a tabloids because tabloids have existed forever gossip has existed forever uh you know i told you i'm reading anna karenina yeah by tolstoy yeah which uh captures uh kind of the uh upper elite society of uh late 1800s uh russia and they have the same bullshit there's gossip there's shit talking there's like you know, people who go to opera, there's poor people who, like, observe them and want to be like them. Yep. But, you know, it's it's all the fucking, like, I don't know. There's always some form of it. It doesn't, like, particularly, like, bother me. It just it's just not something I really want to spend my time on. Yeah. 
I, I just, it's kind of human nature, I think, to want to see some form of scandal and some sort of drama. Yeah. That's why I think, like, entertainment is a, <laughs> a viable business because people yeah. love drama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, you're kind of recreating a false drama. And it, I think where we start to get bothered by it is when there the lines between uh, reality and uh, fiction are blurred. And then you're like, why do I like these people? Because they are they seem so fake or you know yeah when i think if we can just accept that it's like fake and in you know then it's then it's fine yeah like they're basically just acting but it's all blurred into their lives and if that's how they want to do it that's fucking fine yeah if people want to pay to watch it that's their fucking problem that's how they want to use their time yeah yeah everyone else is just going to make money off of them i don't know I guess where it's kind of disturbing is where kids now, like, you know, assuming, like, kind of want to do it themselves. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Through social media. That's more or less, yeah, the the real sort of danger, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's subjective, too, so. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, like, some of those people maybe had no other option. Like, Black China, what the fuck would she be doing if she wasn't doing this? Yeah. Yeah. At least she's making money. She got an ass. Got some titties out of it. Like, she's happy. Child. She got a child. <laughs> is that is that their only kid? No, she has kids with. Tyga. That's right, dude. That's why that's that shit is just like. It's pretty the, dirty. I yeah. mean, it's all pretty foul. But I mean, <laughs> it, yeah. But it, I mean, just don't watch it. Yeah. It's like you know when somebody tells me like I don't like your dismother crap. I'm like, well, fucking turn it off. Yeah. If it bothers you, I mean, there's people who don't like our shit because like we promote the gays or you know and, yeah. and talk shit and it's like well, turn it off then. Yep. Nobody's fucking making you watch it. All right. So anyways, um. <laughs> Or what the fuck else? Um, uh, kind of slightly related. Um, <laughs> I haven't fucking been keeping up with Donald the J. other Trump. celebrity <laughs> that we all know and love, Donald Trump. But I was on his uh, on his Facebook, and it, have you been on there in a minute? He has this shop on there, like his uh, he's selling. Um, let me see. He's he's already running his campaign. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on Donald Trump's Facebook page, um, he has his shop set up. So he has some koozies, some $8 koozies, $30 coffee mugs, and $25 um, uh, glasses. Pints. Pints. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have already officially announced their re-election campaign for 2020. Yeah. And this is supposedly goes to that. I think more disturbingly is the fact that um, they are holding um, like government functions and stuff at like his hotels. Yeah. And all that money goes back to him. Yeah. So they're effectively like making money off of shit. And I don't really have any fucking idea how they're getting away with this. Yeah. But it is happening. Um, And I think the crazier thing, I don't know if you read the stuff about the. how Junior, Donald Trump Jr. and the campaign manager Paul Manafort and somebody else met with a Russian attorney. Yeah. And basically, like, turns out, like, two weeks after he got the Republican nomination, some some Russian attorney got in touch with Donald Trump Jr. and was like, I have damaging information on Hillary Clinton. Do you want to meet? Hmm. And they're like, yes. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Say so, no more. <laughs> that's pretty much like a fucking smoking gun that they were like cool with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that came out like yesterday in the New York Times and Donald Trump Jr. admitted it, which is fucking bizarre. I don't know what, what, uh, what they're going to do with that, but 
Um, and I don't know if there were any laws broken, but they did it, and it pretty much shows that they were willing to collude, even if maybe they didn't. It's pretty wild. Yeah. They're just very... Uh, just, like, so unabashedly, like, you know, like, brazen and everything that they do. I was ready for you to say brazen. <laughs> Brazzers. <laughs> Isn't it brazen? Is it? We're about to find out right the fuck Brazen. Now. Versus uh, brazen. I think it's brazen. Brazen. The proper Damn, word. That's the most brazen. technical difficulties we've ever had. Um, oh, you got the real timer up there too. That's yeah. good. Fucking a. So, what have we even talked about after bra- brazen? Not shit. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump being brazen, as we found out, bra- as I found out rather. Brazen. Um, <laughs> I saw, yeah, they didn't get the shit yet about, I watched The Big Sick, the new Kamal Nanjiani movie, uh, directed by Michael Showalter, produced by Judd Apatow. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was kind of like a your typical rom-com, really, with just a fucking brown dude, which is a good thing. And it's very <laughs> Judd Apatow. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to what um, other Desi people think of the movie, or whether they're critical of it or... Because it's it, it it really is Kamal kind of um, you know criticizing the arranged marriage and how the difficulty it's not it's not criticizing it but it's like more so like the difficulties of being you know Pakistani or, or Desi or of, from a culture that has arranged marriages and them not kind of adhering to it in present day America yeah and um, but it is cool to see it happening in that setting. You know, because when you think of arranged marriages, you think, you know, I don't know, like somewhere in India or somewhere like really far away. But it, no, it definitely just like still some, happens here. Yeah. yeah, it's like just some burb- some suburb in New Jersey or something. And, yeah. Um, and it's done really tastefully in the movie. It's not it's not shitting on it in any way. But I am curious as to. Larissa has a friend, a girlfriend who they were like awesome friends in high school. Yeah. And then she went off to college. They went off to college. And then uh, pretty much soon after college got the whole they, this girl got the whole arranged marriage and it was kind of a bummer because this person was really like outgoing and really crazy and kind of like just like a clown yeah like in a good way yeah and then she changed quite a bit like hmm. she started hanging out a lot just really not strictly but mostly with like the indian community and then got an arranged marriage and it, it, larissa said she just kind of became like a lot more traditional hmm. And she's like, yeah, it sucks because, like, when we were kids, she was just, like, a crazy, like, American. <laughs> she's <laughs> corrupted by the American yeah. culture. <laughs> the Los now she Angeles. just went back, which is a good thing. There's definitely some, just like any community, there's, like, some dark side. You know, there's a lot of uh, Indian and Desi, like, whatever, in this, in the Bay Area. Yeah. And there's, like, there's several instances of, like, kind of, like, misogyny and, like, actual, like, abuse huh. that have come public, like, there was a this this uh, story that came out a few months ago, where some guy was um, basically arrested and like here in the bay here in the bay because he was abusing his wife, and it came about because they both like had like these good like tech jobs, and she would always ask him for like feedback on her code, huh? <laughs> like she was like a coder. I think. Are I, you making this shit? I'm up? not making it up, dude. <laughs> and he would like insult her and Fuck. like tell her she was stupid and Holy that she could shit. do better and all this stuff. And, like, they were just, like, this ambitious whatever, but he was, like, very, like, abusive towards her and eventually, like, hit her and all this stuff. Holy and, shit. like, 
and yeah there's a whole like there's a whole underculture like because i'm friends with a couple of people who are indian but they're extremely like progressive and kind of like liberal but independent liberals if you will yeah um and they they post articles about uh, the sexism and the misogyny huh. and the racism within their own community. Sure. Uh, specifically, like, you know, people out here who are, like, in tech, and it's still somewhat prevalent. Because huh. a lot of, well, there's a lot of people who move out here from India, you know, and they get these H1 visas or whatever. So they still have a lot of the same customs, but they're out here. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole other subculture of uh, issues with women who uh, are brought out here as wives basically like a guy who's from india comes over here gets a job and then brings his wife over here but she can't work because there's some visa issues yeah and also because like the man like expects her to just stay at home <laughs> so there's like this whole community of women who are like extremely frustrated because they can't do anything out here and they're like sitting in their apartments all day while their men work at like they just need to run away semantic <laughs> they they need judd apatow to yeah r- <laughs> to write their story write their in story. a quirky funny way <laughs> 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 Jed Apatow, you need to save these women. Um, I did watch this documentary on the plane, actually, that you should check out. I forget the name of it, but it's about Warren Buffett, huh. the investor and the multi-billionaire. Yeah. Um, man, that guy has a cra- had a crazy life. Hmm. Uh, I mean, he probably it's really boring. Like he just went to work every day. But yeah, <laughs> but you know, he he like started like just like he would have all these jobs as a kid, like delivering the paper, and would always save his money, and became like. Even when he was in high school, he had like businesses. Hmm. Like he he owned half owned a hearse, like a you know. A, oh shit! A, for funerals. You, for funerals huh. or whatever, and that they would rent it out for funerals what and stuff. Fuck? Like him and a friend, and like this girl, like that they talked to, they're like yeah, he picked me up in a hearse. It was kind of weird. <laughs> like he took somebody on a date in a hearse. Um, but uh, that guy, um, he he got married to this woman who changed him dramatically. Because he grew up, like, in a conservative household. His father was very Republican. Hmm. His father actually ran, ran for uh, Senate and, or was, like, a senator or something and very Republican. But he married this woman. Um, I think her name was Susan or Suzanne or something. I forget her last name. But um, she was extremely liberal and into the civil rights stuff in the 60s when they first what got the married. Hell? And uh, so Warren Buffett started changing, like, politically quite a bit back then. He he talks about he, – he saw, like, Dr. Martin uh, Luther King speak in person and said that it was, like, transformative for him. And uh, so he became, like, extremely liberal, and, like, Warren Buffett is a big-time uh, Democrat yeah. who now has, like, you know, completely aligned with, like, Bill Clinton. He's basically promised most of his fortune to the Bill Gates Foundation. Um, but anyway, back to the personal stuff, like, when Buffett – uh, at some point, like when he was raising his family, he was always busy. He was always working. And then uh, so the kids kind of never knew Warren Buffett that well. They knew he, they loved him. He was a good dad. But mm-hmm. he was also kind of absent all the time, even when he Shit. was there. Yeah. Because he was always like thinking about all his work. Yeah. Um, and then when the kids moved up and, and got out of the house, his wife basically kind of well, didn't have much of a purpose for herself, she felt like, even though she was really smart and involved in like all these like charities and stuff. But she decided one day she was literally gonna move to san francisco and she just got up and kind of left and they didn't get divorced but he she moved to san francisco to work on like her like fucking left coast like leftist stuff because she was like involved in all these movements yeah he stayed there and apparently like when she left she she introduced or they already had a mutual friend this woman named astrid who was like this i think she's german or something but she lived in omaha and she like 
told Astrid, you should go, can you go over to Warren and like make him some soup and make sure he's okay? And so then this woman, Astrid, became like the female who took care of Warren Buffett hmm. in Susan's absence. And then at some point she moved in with Warren, even though they weren't, even though Warren was still married to Susan, but right. Susan was living in San Francisco. Yeah. And this was in the late seventies when that happened. So for the last 20, I think she died in 2006 for the last 33 years, they were kind of like separated, but they, but basically Warren and Susan would go take vacations together. Oh, they should. But then back home in Omaha, he lived with this woman, Astrid. What the fuck? So Progressives. He, he, he basically had, like, two wives. Nice. And they would send out... All right, Chris- Warren Buffett. Hell yeah, Warren Buffett. Like, <laughs> he would send out Christmas cards. They would send out Christmas cards with all three of them. Huh. Yeah. That's and, interesting. And yeah. then in 2006, she finally passed away, and Warren was really involved in, like, helping and, huh. like, was with her when she passed and all that stuff. Um, and then two years later, he got married to Astrid. Holy shit. After, what after the fuck? She, she passed away. Wow. So now he's married to the second one. Right, right. But it's fucking crazy. That's I didn't wild. know any of that. Huh. But he's, like, super liberal and, like, you know, one of the, big, the big thing that I thought was really cool um, is that they ask him about, like, the future of America and whether he feels good, like, that there's, like, a promise about it. Yeah. And he says that he has a large amount of hope in America. And the reason is because we've been so bad to women and to females that basically we've ignored 50% of our potential and that if we're progressive and women get more power in the workplace. Oh, I, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> that is tight. That's a cool perspective. For yeah. Sure. He's like, no, we're going to be okay because women are going to be more liberated. And if, if you can imagine like that, we've only had 50% of our firepower and that's going to be like that's open cool. now, yeah. then we should be okay. Sure. And the rest of the world is still backwards on most of that shit. Yeah. So I, I left like kind of inspired by that statement by itself. I was like, that's an that's awesome cool. way to look at it. Yeah. And also sad that it's true <laughs> in the first place. Yes. Um, but y'all should check out that Warren Buffett. It nice. is actually really, really cool. Huh. I've been watching, I've been listening to uh, Tiger Belly. Uh, Isabel told me about this podcast called Tiger Belly and it's Bobby Lee, mm-hmm. who is a fucking cool ass dude from his shows comic, right? and his comedy. He was on Matt TV for a long time. But um, I was reminded about this because um, him and his girlfriend do the podcast and he's Korean and she's Filipino. And uh, they talk a lot about basically like Asian and Asian American kind of like, uh, you know, uh, issues in the Asian American community. And they talk a lot about how they grew up in like really fucking crazy, abusive uh, families uh-huh. and how like um, she, the the woman... Uh, her name's Kalila. She uh, was like a swimmer, like a professional fucking swimmer in the Philippines. And that her like mom used to like beat her and shit when they, she wouldn't like win and stuff. Jesus. And Bobby as well would say that, that he like, um, he was like a drug addict for a long time, like growing up and how they had really crazy, but it's really fucking cool, man. Cause they're huh. really open and they're really, they're, yeah. they're fucking crazy. Like I, huh. I can't believe like some of the shit that they talk about. But it's cool because they're really fucking open about um, kind of like the issues and the shit that goes on in the Asian American community. And uh, there's just funny ass part where like uh, Bobby Lee, they they live in L.A. Mm -hmm. and he talks about how um, he's pissed because he goes to this Korean barbecue in L.A. all the time Mm -hmm. and uh, they have this wall of fame. But he's not on it. <laughs> it's like anybody that's remotely famous that goes there, they get their picture taken. And he's a regular. 
and he's just like in their eyes like i'm not a i'm not a real like korean or like i i'm like i'm below that because i'm such a degenerate you know or oh, that they, funny yeah and uh, he said but he says he goes all the time anyways <laughs> <laughs> did you did you happen to read that article in the atlantic like a month or two ago about the yeah, slave yeah 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 that shit was that's crazy, crazy. That for was a sure. really long article that I could yeah, not put down. For sure. Um, if you don't yeah, know, his his, her, his <sighs> wife was on um, was on Fresh Air like shortly after that. You should listen to that interview. The author's wife. The author's wife. Yeah. Because oh. he died right like basically right when that was coming out like he like died before. Oh, um, he did. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, there was a guy yeah, who's a name? Filipino uh, yeah. uh, author who wrote about. <clears throat> when he was growing up, his parents, they had a basically like a live-in nanny slash maid, which he Alex eventually... Tizon. Alex Tizon. Alex Tizon. Yeah. Which he um, eventually learned was basically a slave yeah. that was owned by his grandfather in the Philippines and given to his mother yeah. like as a wedding gift or something. Uh-huh. And then when she and her husband uh, moved to the U.S., they brought her to the U.S. and she was just basically like she was undocumented for most of her yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Which made her even more scared to do anything and to leave. But she was basically a slave. Yeah. She was never paid. Mm-hmm. And she took care of that family day in and day out. And got to the point where I guess his parents passed away or whatever. And mm. then he ended up taking her into his family. And then they started paying her something every week or yeah. whatever. But that's fucking wild, man. Yeah. Of, uh, Modern day slavery. Slavery and... Yeah. <clears throat> Still happens. Cultural differences. It's always really uh, incredible to to read stuff that's so open like that. You know, like any other Filipino family or any other family, like they don't want to reveal like the the skeletons in their closets. And to to write an article like that is pretty fucking powerful. It's pretty crazy. He did um, it really after the fact, but yeah, I mean that's yeah, yeah. most of the time when it happens. For sure, yeah. you can't do it in the middle of. But what yeah. I think is crazy is that like, um, and this is gonna sound like you're like I'm excusing other stuff, but we tend to think that you know we have all these like. And we do. We have a lot of issues in the U.S., but these things are not um, specific. And every culture has its own really fucked up things, you know? Yeah. Like those cultures over there, like, you, you know, they're also really fucking racist. Like, you know, the Asians really like are fucking scared of black people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like they just don't have as much of an issue. Actually, I was hearing that there's a, a province in southern China I think it's uh, it's pretty outside, close to uh, it's Guang, Guangzhou, outside of uh, Shenzhen, and there's a ton of people from Africa there. Apparently, like from uh, a certain country in Africa, I forget where. But somebody was telling me that they're dealing with those issues there right now, where like there's a bit of racism towards them, and then like you know, there's a lot of men who come to work in China, and most <coughs> most of the Africans that come are men because they come for work, and like now they're starting to date Chinese women, and there's like all sorts of issues coming out of that. Yeah, or like whether Chinese women like marry them, or yeah, yeah it's <laughs> you think Americans are racist, which we are, but there are some fucking hella racists in other countries, and you know, like this Filipino shit. I mean, those people are fucking crazy in the Philippines with the new president right now, yeah, um, who's just basically like a vigilante sort of. 
Did you yeah. you watch that one documentary about the was it Malaysia? Oh yeah, um, what was the name of that? Oh fuck! Can't I, th- I thought it was Indonesia. Yeah, Indonesia. Indonesia. It was Indonesia. What the fuck is the name of that? Uh, killing. Uh, it's something killing. Yeah, the act of killing. The act of killing. Oh really my fucking god, good. that is crazy. That is. <clears throat> there's just really That's fucking brutal. crazy shit like that in a mm-hmm. lot of places and, yeah. and uh right now indonesia is getting worse uh Aceh, that it's it's like bending towards like muslim extremism there's like a, i watched the vice episode where they were talking about how like there's this province where now like they've gone into that kind of sharia law and there's literally like they literally call them the muslim police and they're muslim police and they come around and make sure that you know men and women aren't like unaccompanied hanging out next to each other in public yeah and they're just like it's fucking crazy that's that's pretty wild and this is fucking 2017 so then the american experiment that's been going on for the better part of 250 years you know look at what's um what's happening now in this country and what does that mean for other countries if they haven't even started trying to maybe you know that's i think there's always like this sort of self-righteousness that that americans are uh think that they're that we are better than other countries and and while we can point to these like uh, um points of progress it's like who are we to really like why is that bad i'm not asking as myself but like why is having like muslim police or having like extreme racism bad and and why is it not like accepted like it is here or uh what, what do you mean why is it not accepted like i'm saying like why is the sort of like american progressive way of life not like universal um religion has a lot to do with it yeah obviously um, that's a real easy one to point to. Um, control of, uh, of economic control. I mean, like what's happening in Aceh and Indonesia, and supposedly the reason why this uh, Muslim extremism is taking hold is because you know they had that big uh, tsunami right. in Aceh mm-hmm. that killed like hundreds of thousands of people and demolished this whole thing. So what happened after that is like Muslim extremists started saying that the reason that happened is because they had lost their religious ways God damn and it. that this was God like basically like punishing them. Yeah. And people believe that, you know, these are people who are not very educated and um, yeah. And, and yeah, it sucks that it's that simple. And I know it's not that simple, but when you have, when you can, when you can, when you have a, um, when you can blame something on on when you can blame a fucking hurricane or a natural disaster and use it to your advantage it it just sucks how simple it is or how how easy yeah, yeah. what well, well what's really fucked up about it is that you now what happens is that you end up having it's not like people are like these pious religious like people who are like oh let's just help each other out and be a good community through religion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You end up having people who are like ext- in ex- positions of extreme power and who just immediately start abusing that power. Yeah. You know, you have these cops who are beating people and who are this is no like real trial by jury. There's no like, it just it's really fucked up and it en- and then they end up getting rich themselves <laughs> and it's just basically greedy fucking motherfuckers 
who are like bullies who use this stuff. All men mostly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all yeah, men. They're all men. Damn, Warren Buffett, you got a point there, dog. Yeah. <laughs> these people would just like use it to take advantage, you know? Yeah. Um, and they have these really like, you know, they form like this cult sort of thing. Like the guy in uh, the president of the Philippines, I mean, he's just becoming Duterte. a dictator. Duarte or Duterte. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're just fucking crazy. They're fucking dictators, you know? And they use religion as a really simple way to control fucking stupid people who, you know, not stupid, but just kind of gullible, like powerless people. Yeah. Um, and they just abuse it all, man. And yeah, I think there's like a fine line. We were talking about the, you were saying like, you know, we have like this, this, uh, Americans typically had this, um, tendency to be like oh we're the best and blah blah but it's a fine line because i think there's an idealism that would be really nice to try to lead the world by and i think that's generally like when you have like a good american leader that's supposedly the that's the charge is like we are the most democratic nation in the world and if you could if you if people really follow these rules of democracy and uh the you know the division of church and state and then this would be beautiful this would actually really really work but what ends up happening is it just becomes really corrupt and that's certainly what's happening right now but i think that's the ideals that's like the that's the goal you know and it's not to be dicks about it like oh we're the best it's more like no like western democracy is the best and it's being extremely blurred right now like you know basically like you know trump went to poland and said like he referred to like western democracy but that's all like it was like like gaslighting and like these this other way of basically saying like white men yeah yeah as yeah. opposed to like yeah, yeah. you know diversity and uh, you know there's a lot of people who are against like multiculturalism and they believe that it's better that people are separated <laughs> and all that sort of thing and i think the ideal as progressive americans would see it is that multiculturalism and diversity has made america really strong and can continue to make it really strong and I think to Warren Buffett's point, like, you know, multi, uh, uh, what would you call it? Gender <laughs> equity yep. um, can make and continue to make this country grow. But people are afraid of that. People don't want to lose their power. Have you heard of the Proud Boys? Mm-mm. No? Man, so did you know that there's a guy that one of the founders of Vice, the early, early Vice, like when it was a magazine, like they basically got rid of this guy? Like after, I don't know, like 15 or 20 years before it exploded into like the multimedia space. Mm-hmm. One of I the just fa- know about the Shane and that other Indian dude, right? Or he's like Shane and Karush and there's yeah. another guy, Moretti. Hmm. Uh, but then there's a fourth guy. And they, apparently they got rid of him because he's super fucking broy slash alt-righty. Fuck. And they're like, nah, you're out. So, But now that guy, he's got a bit of money. And he's kind of doing his own thing, and he started this kind of subculture of what he calls the Proud Boys. Oh, shit. And it's alt-righty, but it's not – he says, and they say that it's not um, It's not a racist thing. It's more like a um, – like the whole thing is like, um, like they're proud. There's a tagline. I'll, I'll read you. I was just reading an article about this today. Um, and the funny is that it, the funny thing is like they all wear these Fred Perry polos, <laughs> like that's their uniform. Uh, that's funny as fuck. That because f- Fred Perry, 
anti-political correctness, anti-racial guilt in an age of globalism and multiculturalism. Um, and there's one line, where is it? Oh, yeah, this guy. That's right. Yeah, Gavin McInnes. Yeah, he's a proud boy. Uh, proud boys hold an equally incendiary worldview. They just started a year ago. In an introductory post about the group in September 2016, McInnes wrote the basic tenet of the outfit was, quote, Western chauvinists who refuse to apologize for creating the modern world. This means <laughs> you make your Western chauvinism public and you don't care who knows about it. The second deg- That's the first thing you have to like agree to. The second degree involves taking a beating from five other Proud Boys what the fuck? until you can say the name of five breakfast cereal brands. This level, this level also requires the initiative to give up masturbation. The third degree means you must get a Proud Boy tattoo. The fourth and final level requires the would-be Proud Boy to engage in a major fight for the cause. You get beat up, kick the crap out of an Antifa. Proud Boys are quick to slug back at any assertion that their ideology is linked to white supremacy or neo-Nazi belief. McInnes points out gay and non-white men are welcome as long as they believe in the West is the best mantra. There you go. You were saying that? The West is the best? The West is the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's not, yeah. I mean, it's, I I understand what they're saying, but I still think they're being like, I don't agree with the chauvinism. Yeah. And I don't believe that. Um, I don't really believe that quote unquote like the West is the best Um, I think it is a work in progress and I believe that um, you know um, it certainly didn't get here on its own what he's saying there that they created it and created the modern world is a fucking joke because there's so many other contributors to society and mathematics and science whether they're like the Aztecs or whatever like or Muslims like everybody has contributed to what the modern world is right now so that's just a fucking completely stupid outlook on life yeah Um, and it's just I, I feel like those kinds of groups and what these guys are doing are purely like incendiary and they're just like I, I, at the end of the day, I feel like they're just being little bitches. Yeah. Um, they need to fucking chill. But, yeah, that's the Proud Boys, man. If you'd like to join the Proud Boys, you <laughs> have to name some breakfast cereals and stop masturbating. That's fucking weird as fuck. And just, like, the alt-right always gets made fun of for just being, like, really, like, repressed sexually, you know? <laughs> like, like I don't know why that's a thing. Just, like, just, just jerk off and just do that instead of letting it pent up and then coming up with these like arbitrary fucking like ghetto like lame fight club rules dogma <laughs> yeah yeah ghetto fight club <laughs> Not, yeah <laughs> all right i would think we're past for an hour here yeah. so uh it's a good way to end there um, yeah and a last thing i guess maybe uh, as a way to to reference what we were talking about earlier about this sort of like uh, obsession with like media and scandal that the western world is also influenced greatly and is you know at the helm is that those sorts of groups especially him who's who's familiar with like media and stuff yeah like they they're using that to their advantage as well like they want to um they have to they have to say shit like that in order to like kind of turn heads and people talking about it because they're not like 
serious. You know, this is this is not a real decree. You know, <laughs> like decrees should not have fucking breakfast cereals and non-masturbation shit. It's like it's kind of a joke. You know, and they are kind of aware of that, and it's really absurd. And it's troll. Fucking, yeah, uh, yeah, troll for uh, sure. Troll methods at their for finest. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and that's what everybody's doing right now because it, it works. I mean, here we are talking about it. Yeah. I mean, we'd be talking about it either way, but what it does is it kind of like it it allows people like him to be like, "Well, we're just joking." Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, when they're not. Yeah, because if you if you really formalize that and you make it legit, then you're like, "Oh no, no, this is yeah, this is uh next you know next level like Nazism or whatever the fuck you want to basically no, fascism." Like, <laughs> the de- the de- devolution of <laughs> of Nazism. Um, Nazi light. I mean, they're just not, they're not afraid to call it what it really is. So they mask it in all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's what they're doing. That's why it's funny. That's why it's okay because we're just joking around. And yeah. And what sucks is that ultimately they're not really like losing anything as a, as a group almost, you know, they're not really like, there's nothing in jeopardy for them really. Right. Like what, what are they actually like they're mad dude, because like what are they they're mad because you know like uh you and your brown friends got into baits because you're brown and you Harvard. kept out four yeah good white people who studied hard and whose parents could actually pay <laughs> for that school yeah but they had to pay more for tuition yeah to cover your tuition yeah because multiculturalism says we need brown people at place like Bates. yeah it's just bitches being bitches they're just yeah, that's, you know, that's a big gripe, especially for males, lost jobs, economic, you know, even though they've been doing that purposely to people of color for the last yeah, 200 yeah, years, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like now they're mad because the tables are yeah. t- slightly turned and people and you're doing things like doing them out in the open to rectify a situation that they caused, but they're mad about it. Yeah. You know? Did you read, by the way, like the thing that Sean King wrote about Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. God damn. Yeah. He straight up said Thomas Jefferson was a piece of shit. Like, yeah. Which, yeah, I guess they discovered a room. How do you just discover? I know. A room? Yeah. What I was like, fuck? what was there? Like, did you not <laughs> notice there was a fucking room in there? Yeah. They discovered a room that was, uh, what was her name? Sally Hemings? Mm-hmm. Sally Hemings was the slave that basically Thomas Jefferson raped. And, you know, they said they, she's often referred to as his mistress. But uh, what Sean King is arguing, which I totally get, is that, no, she was his slave and she was his fucking sex slave. Yeah. Because he kept her in a certain part of the house and never gave her freedom, even though he eventually gave freedom upon his death, which is really fucked up, too, to a few other people. But she died a slave, huh. even though she had many of his children. That's, that's what these proud boys do. That proud beautiful boy. legacy that yeah. you have. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, if you want to read more about the Proud Boys, they're the media right now. It's yeah. fucking garbage guys. They dress like hilarious. Yeah, this is. They're just bros. Man. Yeah, they're total fucking just white bros. Bros, bros. Who like to repress themselves purposely and uh, let it all out on. <clears throat> all right. Well, fuck it. Yeah, this was the end. This is the end here of episode twenty-three. Had a few uh, technical difficulties. But we're here. We're alive, and we want to thank y'all for listening. Please remember to subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Tell your friends about the podcast, and check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash this mother. Check you later. Peace.